Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. And you can find us across social media at Everyman Sports. With me this week is my dad. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing great. Great. Good to hear. Uh, well, let's now that we're in the thick of the playoffs, let's talk about the week that was wild card weekend in the NFL. Um, it uh, well, the Saturday night slate was the most surprising, while the Sunday I think was the most uh, interesting, if that can be uh, said. Okay. So it started off with um, the afternoon game, uh, ESPN's only broadcast game, and um, John Gruden's final final game in the booth. Uh, Tennessee Titans come back uh, after falling behind 21-3 at halftime to come through with a 22-21 victory in Kansas City where Andy Reid... That was a huge... Uh, uh... You know, come from behind or a collapse or a little bit of both? What was it? I think a little bit of both. I think the fact that Kareem Hunt disappeared. Uh, he won the rushing title this year, and he was a non-factor. He was a non-entity. He barely showed up. And so Andy will never learn. Andy will never learn. And the fact that, you know, it's also because earlier in the year, he gave up the play-calling duties to Matt Nagy, who we'll get to later. Alleg- allegedly. And but he's still stay, he's still there with the giant Denny's menu, um, you know, uh, full of plays. So obviously, sure. so obviously he took away from that. And then I think Tennessee and Marcus Mariota and especially Derrick Henry, who had his coming out party. I tell you what, no more Demarco Murray. True. Uh, he really, um, yeah, he put himself forward, and it was a little bit of both. Um, yeah, the play calling got way too conservative by Andy and Kansas City. Um, and there was a drive. And they made the under by a half a point. Yeah, the under, absolutely. Because uh, that wasn't a strip sack fumble. No, and then the other part of, the, the other part of this game, which I, you know, I do give credence to, is the third factor which helped Tennessee win, which was the aid of the referees. Um, yeah, it caused the retirement. Yeah, uh, Jeff Triplett. Triplett. Triplett, yeah. who's, and he has not, you know, if you listen to all the people who, who, who know, apparently, you know, they keep track of all these referees, and they, he's, he's had, like, the worst career, at least one that's not worthy of him being in the, um, in the playoffs to begin with. But I guess they wanted to send sure. him out, and there you go. So that helped them win as well. But, you know, Alex Smith probably played his last game. In Kansas City, uh, the offensive coordinator Matt Nagy has already moved on. I doubt Andy's going to go anywhere, but it'll be interesting to have. They only get too many chances at these things. True, and these guys fall in love with the pass. You know, they get behind it, and uh, in the amount of plays that they're actually calling, you know, offensive plays, and they try to make up with it with the pass. It's ridiculous. It, they they lack discipline. I think so. Yeah, they just could not finish. And uh, look, going into next year for Kansas City, you know uh, the way they talk about Pat Mahomes Jr. is yeah. that he will—he basically has an arm that is not worthy to check down. He's got—he's got a cannon, and so I doubt you'll be hearing anything more about. Oh, why is that only ten yard? Why is that only a five yard pass? Apparently, I, my guess is that next year, while Andy, yes. Uh, his window might be closing. He's got a brand new quarterback, and a, and it seems like a, a really high end one, plus a rookie, you know, second year running back coming in to next year. Mm, yeah. So things might actually not be as terrible. But if 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 this play calling and this um, game management continues, then he's the problem. Because good you know, point. Good point. So he's running. He's running out of chances. Um, with that, oh, there was something else about that game I wanted to mention. So anyway, go. Um, so then you went into the night game, Los Angeles' first playoff game in, gosh, 
third almost ever. Yeah, and almost I think it'll close to like thirty years or something like that. Right. And the Rams fans, they did a pretty good showing. Seventy six thousand, I think, was the was the total mm-hmm. uh, attendance. Right. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and they ended up losing twenty six to thirteen against the Falcons. You know, and there's a lot of similarities with uh, with, with the play calling with Andy Reid and uh, McVay. Again, falling behind in in the, uh, the amount of offensive plays, he he drops uh, he stops running the ball. I mean, Curly had like fourteen carries. Yeah, that 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 should not have been the plan. And, no. and they slip away and they fall in love with the pass to catch up. This and it's not necessary. I think that uh, you know, for all that Los Angeles, all the Rams did this year, and all they did to build up the, I mean, to to have such a turnaround. Uh, McVay does absolutely deserve his Coach of the Year award when he gets that, because he will be getting that. I I think Todd Gurley has an absolute uh, claim to MVP, but this I this might just not have been not quite ready for primetime players. You know, I mean, this is a team that turned around so quickly that we almost yeah, expected too much. Don't you think he abandoned the run? I think he did. I think he did, but I think also that's. That's partially because the moment got a little bit too big. And I will say that Atlanta showed up specifically on defense. Vic Beasley and that defen- oh, sure. the, the defensive sure. backfield really showed up big time. And yeah. I, I was really, I was anticipating, that's all I've been anticipating all year. Ever since I heard over the summer that Matt Ryan was watching Super Bowl 51 day in and day out like some sort of um obsessive uh you know conspiracy theorist just right. watching it over and over and trying not to get it out of his head and, and forget about it to you know help him during the season i really thought they were going to have like a vietnam flashback that they were just going to crumble you know no, curl it's not up over yet right i no i know it's not over but i really just at a certain point when they were ahead far enough ahead mm-hmm. i was just like and they're I want. I hope. I. I don't know if they're worried or not. If are they concerned? Yeah, yeah. But look, they came through, and that was. You know, that was. That might have been a good um, first step for Atlanta. Not just beating, but you know, a team that isn't necessarily quite ready yet. Right. So I think that Matt Ryan played really well. Uh, he had a really good throw as he was slipping. A nice arc, a nice rainbow over to Julio Jones. Uh, mm. Devontae Freeman too had a good, uh, good game too. So. Uh, those were the Saturday games, and then the Sunday games. And I, I mean, this was a a lock of the century. If you had the under in the <laughs> Jacksonville Buffalo game, oh, you had yeah. nothing by halftime. You had nothing to worry about. Not even by halftime. By the beginning of the second quarter, you were like, <laughs> "I got this set." So if you That's had the, rare. That's if, rare. If you had the under, you are you were set. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Jacksonville wins ten to three. In Jacksonville, in a pretty neutered game, I mean, Blake Bortles was scared. He was absolutely petrified to f- throw the ball. He uh, sees ghosts. He really does. I, I think. I think you know he's got whatever I thought the the Falcons would have this postseason. He's got it. Um, but I, I will say the one touchdown they had in the game, the only touchdown in the game, was a pass. But that because um, the Bills sold out so hard on the run at the one yard line that. You know, he had no choice but to throw it into the back of the end zone. It was caught for a touchdown, so. Yeah, boring. Right. But it's also interesting to know that Blake Bortles, while he didn't do well passing the ball, he actually led the game, he led the game in rushing with 88 yards. He was yeah. he was just. That's not the way to, to, to the Super Bowl, No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Um, and Buffalo, I mean, Tyrod Taylor's not the answer. There was no wide receivers to throw to. Even Kelvin Benjamin, he he had nothing but, to do. But he's a short, mid-range guy. Yeah. Look, he, he got... He doesn't have downfield vision. He got Buffalo to this point, but he, he cannot continue. And the fact is, quite frankly, sure, I thought he sure. was murdered uh, on the last drive of the game when he was tackled and his head bounced like a basketball. And, uh, off it. And as soon as that happened, you just saw him stiffen up. He didn't move. I, I yeah. really thought they were going to bring the card out. You know, and I didn't one. hear anything about that. I read anything about it. It's like it never happened. Well, what, what, they don't have to worry about him getting ready for next week. You know, his I was re- just saying it's sad because that, that, that was, you know, 
Well, he's yeah. He he did all he could. They they didn't lose because of his lack of effort. No, no, absolutely not. And then they did all he could. And then the experiment came back in. Nate, Nate uh, Nathan Peterman came back came into the game. He <laughs> he only threw one interception in the game, which was uh, better than five. Um, yeah, but, yeah. So that was the game. And then in the most competitive game uh, of the uh, of the weekend. Uh, a pretty, a, I think it was a, still. It was a really good game and a pretty exciting one too. The Saints hold off the Panthers thirty-one twenty-six in the uh, in the Superdome. Uh, Breeze for th- close to four hundred yards passing. Michael Thomas was one hundred thirty-one yards receiving. He caught a nice long pass. Ted Ginn was on fire. And but the biggest story was the shutdown of the Saints running game. Which is hard to believe when you think about how the Panthers did it. They said, all right, try to run on us. Uh, let's make Breeze throw it. And you'd think a guy like Breeze, who is a Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl winning quarterback, who, you know, he can throw it anywhere and to anyone right. and be successful, they dared him to throw it. He threw it, and they still only lost by five points. So. Yeah, but they shut down the run. And now. Uh... I, I don't know if you resurrect a run that easy. I mean, I'm 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 feeling its curtains for the Saints now. I think you might be right, um, and we'll get to that game this week. But I I think that the running game, yeah, that that's it not, died. That, it died. That, they, they put the fire out. That is not easy to pick back up. That's for sure. And, right, and they lost the guard. Yeah, yeah, they, he went down as well. Um, look, Cam played really well in the game too. Um, well. And how about when he's like, like it looked like he had a concussion, but he really wanted to get the, you know, the injury thing with the, you know, to stop the clock, and it just went horribly wrong because now, now they thought he was concussed, right? He had to go through the protocol, and he was off the field. It, 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 the guy's a nightmare. I now know. He give us, and he take us away. Yeah, um, and uh, Christian McCaffrey played really well in the game too. He uh, he had a nice that nice long run. Uh, that scored the um, the touchdown to bring it within five. Um, so he's good, but I mean, Greg Olson, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and there was nobody else. I don't know why they traded around, why they traded away Kelvin Benjamin. Which now you're kind of hearing that's kind of the reason why Gettleman was uh, let go of his position as uh, as GM mm. um, because of that trade. Which I mean, it left them. It left them with very little. They're lucky that Greg Olson came back as as when he did in the se- uh, late in the season. Right. You know, if he that wouldn't have happened, then we wouldn't be talking about the Panthers in the playoffs. At least they made it, um, and of right. course that changed up. So uh, that's that. So now we move on to division the divisional round in the NFL. Well, let's talk about the games this week. What are your uh, what are your best bets for the divisional round? I'm liking the Eagles. In a, in a close, low-scoring game, I think they've got the edge in the trenches. So I'm liking them. I'm liking the Minnesota Vikings over the Saints. I don't think they're going to repair that uh, that that running game in a week. Right. Right. Um, you know, because of the lack of scoring for the Jags, you got to like the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be a repeat for for Roethlisberger from what we. And then the real question is, can the Titans keep it within two touchdowns? That's the question. So going through the game, so Atlanta, is, so Philadelphia is the I think first uh, yeah, number one, one seed to be a dog to a three point underdog at home, and it's all because of Nick Foles. <clears throat> I do agree. Right. I, I agree that the power running game has to come out for the Eagles to be successful. You know, we talked. You just mentioned before how Todd Gurley basically disappeared, but look, the, yeah. I mean, that was just that's like a one horse back for the Rams. Well, can Peterson have the stomach for a boring game? If he wants to move on, I think he. I think he has right. no choice. I, he has no choice. It's either he's either going well, and, to. Well, Andy Reid didn't do it. McVay didn't do it. Let's see if this guy can. I, I feel like he's he's got to be wiser than those two. Not smarter, I hope so. wiser. I hope so. Because you've got Jay Ajayi, you've got yeah. LeGarrette Blount, and sure. um, oh, what's the other guy's name? 
to the scat back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I forget his name. Any case, I mean, that's... Well, a... I'm hoping they keep one of those back in as a receiver, and they go to some, you know, I'd, I mean, I'd like to milk the clock to keep Ryan off the field. Well, but I, I think you can do some hurry up with the run game, so so they can't substitute. They also have two tight ends that they could put out there as well, right? One is yeah. a, and and then just constantly flip them one flip one off as a um, uh, a wide out or you know go on an uh, a hook route. Well, you, you can do that with a running back too. Right. Yeah. So it, it let, let let's see what happens. But they should be able to win the line of scrimmage and you know kill the clock. I think they will, too. I think they will, too. And it's going to be cold. It's going to be real cold, I think. Well, it's going to start in the fifth round 50, so, you know, and then it's going to drop. Right. But still, I mean, that, you know, you you got to be... 30 degrees, actually. I mean, that, you know, you got to be prepared for that. And that's a... Yeah. I think that's all overrated. Uh, But still, I mean, you know, it happens. You you come to play, yeah. I I I would I really do want to see Philadelphia move on. I like Nick Foles. I you know not uh, what, what's what's to like. I, I don't know. I just something it's something different. You yeah. know. Well, I think the real story it will be if that happens and the Vikings win, that the Vikings come to Philadelphia in a very similar situation. Great defenses and their quarterbacks are missing. Right. Although Case Keenum is, you know, he, he he quite frankly should be considered for most valuable player, but I, I understand Absolutely. he's not. Absolutely. He should be. In in terms of the letter of what most valuable player means, this is a, sure. this is a, this is a basically. Well, he's also third string, as yeah, it turns out. Yeah, he's, a, he's basically a third stringer behind Bradford and Bridgewater. Exactly. And he it's came a, out. It's a huge story. It is. It really is. So let's move over to that game, which. Everybody, and I think you and I can both agree, this is this is like the mini Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl. The Saints at the Vikings. I mean, two really good offenses. Dome teams. Two dome teams. The where Super Bowl Fifty Two will be emanating from the Vikings. So right. you know that is on the tip of everybody's tongues. Can the Vikings become? I mean, because now after Super Bowl Fifty, now I think we're going to start to see. All these things either get teased or actually happen. Last year, we had our first Super Bowl in overtime. This year could quite possibly right. be the first Super Bowl that is played at one of the competitors' home stadiums. I'm not saying it will. It'd be really great if it did because that's a, another added bonus to it. But you know, I think we're going to get every year there's going to be like, oh, well, this has never happened, and now it very might, likely might. Like a new grant. So I, I think that... Uh, the Viking Mike Zimmer and the Vikings are going to look at that Panther game and say, "Wait a minute! They stopped that run just like you said." Um, I think they're going to make Breeze throw it, and uh, I mean the defensive backfield led by Xavier Rhodes for the Vikings is strong, real strong, um, and I think that's going to be their key to victory. Is actually as funny as it sounds to make Breeze throw it. Well, I think the stories of the Saints were too good to be true. I think most things that are too good to be true really aren't. After that Thursday night game against the Falcons, they really cooled off. Even though they won the division, it just seemed like they were a little bit more sleepwalking through the rest of the schedule. Yeah, Um, well, they overachieved. Right, but for that game, uh, Vikings are given three and a half. Uh, Yes, well, three and a half, I'm I'm looking at four and a half. Oh, four and a half. Oh, yeah, I see four and a half. Uh, some places at five, but it's in that general vicinity. Right. And the over-under is at 45, which I, th- I think the over is going to be there. Uh, yeah? Yeah, like, I could see like 27, 23, 27, mm. I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a one-sided flop. I think it's going to be close. It could be within five points, very similar. You know what? It might be very similar to like the uh, the Saints-Panthers. Just not maybe just a smidge lower, like twenty eight, twenty eight, twenty one, twenty eight, twenty something like that. Wow, okay, That's, something around. I was there. thinking about something lower. Okay, uh, I I just think the over, although that's very tantalizing. Like I think people are expected to take the over. I think that's where, you know, Vegas wants you to put it, but I and I think it'll actually come through. I don't know. Hmm. So, okay. And then moving over to the AFC, which it just seems like it's, you know, it's everybody patiently waiting for um, Steelers uh, Patriots round two this year. But Jacksonville goes to Pittsburgh. We said, you know, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, that was where the 
where I was where I had talked about on this podcast, where he started talking about like, well, you know, maybe I'm I am at the end. Maybe I just can't do it. And that was in week five. Now that was five interceptions. They came back. I mean, that was a thirty to thirty to nine win by the Jaguars in Pittsburgh. That's not going to happen again. I mean, a- anybody with half a brain will know that's not going to happen again. Uh, Blake Bortles is scared, and unless <laughs> un- unless they were playing the best game of po- unless Bortles was playing the best game of possum that you and I have ever seen, right? No, I th- I think it's great that they got this far. You know, they have a good defense. You know, uh, they have to pick one Bell or Brown to stop. I think they're gonna they're gonna choose to stop Brown, and then Bell's gonna run for like a hundred fifty on him. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for it. Yeah, Pittsburgh given seven and a half, and the over under is forty one. Yeah, yeah, I I yeah I think the under I think the under there is where it is. I don't know. I I don't think well, I don't. The Jacks the Jacks gotta prove they can get traction. Yeah. It's going to be tough. I mean, they've got their own. They've got their own uh, backfield with Fournette and Ivory can you know uh, spill in. I think it's going to be like a Bengal Steelers type game. Ooh, a lot of hard hitting. A lot of yeah, yeah. Probably just going to be a war. A lot of chip. A lot of chippiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, of, yeah. and then of course, what everybody concedes as is the flop. The Titans going to uh, New England. New England, uh, yeah. 13, 13 and a half, depending on where you're looking, with a 47 under over. They, they get all the breaks. Yeah. So the, I say the over on that. And, boy, I, I really want Mariota. And, I you know, I I could see them coming in with a lot of. Well, when, when you look at it, there's really four of the old guard quarterbacks out there right now what's left against uh, some young guys, really. Yeah. So when does the wheel turn? Not this year. I really wish it would. I really, really wish it would. But I, you know, I, you know, you're right. I mean, I mean, who's most vulnerable? Breeze. Breeze of, of, of the four veterans out there. Uh, well, you're going Foles, Brady, Roethlisberger. Well, not Foles. I'm not counting him. Well, as, a, so who's the other one? You got Mariota. Oh, Ryan. I'm sorry, Matt Ryan. Right. Who's the most vulnerable? You know, mentally, I want to say Ryan, but yeah, I think Breeze. But Breeze, yeah. it it always seems like Breeze just I, he, he just. Yeah, I can't see all four of them winning. Can you? No. But it would make for a much. It would look in, in a year where you know everything was about how the ratings were were down, still top yeah. top of the top of the pops, but you know they were not yeah. not what they used to be. I mean, the worst thing that the NFL could have is one of the they they need those marquee matchups of all four. Breeze, Ryan, Roethlisberger. It sells, yeah. But no, I do the, agree. The, the name recognition. I do agree. One falls, and you think you think Breeze be the one that falls? I, I think it's Ryan. Oh, and yeah. then Breeze. I think it's two of them. Oh, that would kill. That would kill. That would kill the. I mean, even though the teams at that point would go in, and you'd have the storyline of the Vikings going in. I mean, that right. would be, yeah, that would be big. Um. But sure. yeah, but I mean, it's all about. It, it really is all about Roethlisberger and Brady, uh, Tomlin and Belichick, Steelers, Patriots. I mean, that's what it's really. Sure, because uh, Rogers is missing from the equation. Rogers is missing, and I think that's why they Falcons are in. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a big part of it. Now, what about college? That was the best game ever. So let's move over to the college football. Um, Gosh. Now, first of all, I want to start off by saying this. I feel bad for any at for any Georgia r- resident who is a fan of the Falcons and the Bulldogs cuz you had the worst 12 months that I think any sport fan and especially any football fan could have. If and they you overlapped. It, oh yeah. If you are a Georgia Bulldog fan and or alumni and a fa- Atlanta Falcon fan, Ooh. You, I mean, twenty-eight to three. Heard it all before. You, you, you know what a robbery victim feels like. My gosh, going mm-hmm. into the half, the rug snatched out from underneath you. Thirteen to nothing in Atlanta, in the backyard of the University Beautiful. of Georgia. Perfect. 
Mercedes-Benz Dome and to lose in overtime on a play that... True freshman. Uh, well, first of all, two true freshmen in the game. Um, neither one... That's, that's shocking for a national championship. Right. Um, uh, Fromm, who went into the game and who was most of the season, he was the starter, led the Bulldogs in. Kirby Smart, the coach, former uh, assistant under Saban, who now Saban is 12-0 and against his uh, former assistants. <laughs> the master has his way over the, uh, you know... The trainee, the Padwan, will never learn. Um, but in a game where they led at halftime and they just put the they just they just put the brakes on. They scored seven points, you know, in the third quarter, and well, that was it's, it. it's either an act of genius by by Saban or desperation. I think it was much more desperation. Desperation. I mean, Jalen Hurts. This is two years in a row where in the championship game he... 25-2 and two is record. It is, but, I mean, the gameplay, what was it, like three for eight, I think. Let me pull his stats for it. From the what have you done for me lately file. Yeah, it's true. He was three for eight in the first two quarters. Yeah. 21 yards Yank. passing, nothing. A 59.6 quarterback rating. Not good. And so they bring in Tua Tungavaiola. To a Tonga Viola. Uh, the Hawaiian magician. From Hawaii, the five star recruit, true freshman. So in the second half of the game, you had two true freshmen who, not 12, 12 to six months ago, were either playing college, playing high school football, high school football, and even going to their senior proms. Then here they are on the biggest stage of them all in college football, playing each other. And Tonga Viola did, um, he played well. He didn't play fantastic he was very good 14 for 24 166 three touchdowns and one interceptions really good really good not but not like all world um a lefty scrambler he slung it he almost had a side armor sidearm uh delivery hmm. really good but but nobody was ready for that no they weren't they really weren't ready there were a lot a lot of calls in the second half a lot of calls that went alabama's way including the um quote unquote offside uh, blocked punt where right. he just t- that georgia defender timed it perfectly but he got called for offsides when when looking back at it he was not over he didn't true and then i mean you had infighting on the well, I shouldn't say infighting, but a fighter on the Alabama sideline that Makai Brown. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he went over he he went after an assistant on the sideline. <laughs> he was he was so upset because he had, I think mm-hmm. I forget I forget what the call was, but uh, unnecessary roughness or whatever it was, and you know Saban's getting on him, and then he's uh, he's on the sideline. Brown was and he snaps. He snaps, he goes after, falls down. He has to be pulled back by assistance. <laughs> and then a little while later, he makes a, a, a pretty good, almost horse-collar tackle, a one-arm yeah. tackle on a, a kick return that, that, the bull, that, George, that put the ball real deep in uh, Georgia's territory. Really amazing. And then, gosh, I really feel bad for the Alabama kicker. He missed a kick early in the game. And then the yeah. game winner was, what, twa- oh, boy. Let me see if I can find that how far that kick was, but it was it was not far, and he hooked it. Makeable. It was so makeable, and he hooked it so much, and I feel really bad for him. And lo and behold, it, you know he actually got um he so goes into overtime first um which was real. So this is two back to back games for Georgia. They played in overtime. The first one yeah. ever. The first one ever in Rose Bowl history, which is hard to believe. That was. And then so and then they go down, kick the field goal, who um hot rod, um Rodrigo Blankenship. He's he's some <laughs> kicker. He was perfect. Great name, great name. Rodrigo Blankenship, hot rod with his with his big old um sports goggles on. Love it. He's key. He'll he'll be great when he goes to the NFL. I think he'll be fun. So he kicks um what was that? That was a, a forty, uh, a fifty-one yard field goal. So the legend lives on for a hot rod. And then after Alabama gets the ball, uh, Tonga Viola gets sacked for like fifteen yards. He was scrambling back there, and so on yeah. second down and twenty-six, the safety got looked off and he bit, and he came down too far and. 
Devontae Smith ran past him for a 41-yard touchdown pass. Unbelievable. In stride. Caught that in stride as he crossed uh, the goal line and just... It'll live in infamy. It really will, and I feel so bad for anybody who lives in Georgia that's a Falcon and a Bulldog fan. Another nail in the coffin. And um, uh, somebody who we forgot to mention last week when we were talking about Belichick assistants and his coaching tree. Um, Nick Saban, who is who's the Bill Belichick of college football, five national championships, matches Bear Bryant. I mean, and still not a likable guy. No, uh, the way he left the Dolphins, I think. Really, somebody brought up. I heard Peter King talk about it. Um, the how the football world would have been altered if Drew Brees had been um, okayed by the. Um, uh, physicians of the Miami Dolphins to sign with them, right? Sure, because Saban would have had Drew Brees. He never, he very rarely, he, he less likely would have gone back to college, and especially to Alabama. Well, they said that his style wears on grown men, so who knows? He's probably in the right spot. But boy, when he finds five-star recruits all the way in Hawaii. You know, yeah. Alab- and Alab- well, uh, that's why. Why would you go to? I mean, I remember um, uh, Pete Carroll saying that. And as a college coach, you get as many number one picks as you can sign. In the NFL, there's just one number one draft pick. So you know, why would you go to the NFL? It's, you, you got a cushy situation in college. It's true. And I mean, it, Pete Carroll left because he was under investigation, weren't they? It's true, which goes to show you that, you know, also at the same time, those those uh, college coaches, they get all the number one draft picks they want, you know, quote-unquote. But sometimes they, they can sign them, yeah. But sometimes they get a little bit too greedy, and they want one true. or two more, and what is it going to take to make you come all the way out to my campus? Well, it's going to take this, that, and the other thing, and hush, hush. Caught up. So it's, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and that's that's where you see it. But, no, I don't disagree, but I will say that it's – I think even more cutthroat in college, college football because, you know, in the NFL there's 31 other more te- on the down low. But not only that, but there are 31 other teams in the NFL you have to compete with. In college football, depending on which conference you are, there's about 119 other schools you have to compete yeah, with. Yeah, and, so it's endless. The pressure. Right, and if you're in the Power Five conferences, um, and you're Indiana or Vanderbilt or you know, Iowa State, you are already behind the eight ball. So if you come sure. in and say, hey, I can do this, that, and the other thing, uh, you know, just pay me. Start t- cutting corners. Right. And you say, hey, j- just pay me $10 million and I'll come down there. doesn't matter how many five-star recruits, are, you know, the people at the top of the athletic department are going to be like, whoa, 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 how much? No, 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 goodbye. So you got to either put up or shut up. So, But there you go. Um I want to move over back to the NFL with some coaching moves, and some of the dominoes are already starting to fall. Matt Nagy, who kind of came out of nowhere for the Bears, uh, offensive coordinator formerly of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, is now I the head I think he was also a uh, quarterback in arena football. I believe you might be right. Um, so he is now the head coach of the Chicago Bears, and he's got Matt Trebrinsky who he's build up the way he potentially has helped build up Pat Mahomes and uh, kept Alex Smith. I mean, it sounds like the Bears are kind of looking for, A, a cheap, a cheaper assistant, but also look at what... Yeah, that was a very... Yeah, I didn't think... Yeah, you know, I would have never guessed that. Oh, nobody... I, I, had, I hadn't heard his name at all. And all of a right. sudden, here he comes. And there is... Um, you know, I mean, you look at what Doug Peterson did. And you can maybe we can replicate that. You know, it remains to be seen. You mean let's see what Carson Wentz did? Well, yeah. I mean, is okay. Matt is Matt Trubinsky, you know worth all the time? We'll find out. Um, and then um, you know Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels are still out there. The Giants' job is still out there. Uh, the Colts are still out there. Steve Wilkes is um, interviewed with the Giants. Sounds like the Giants really want a defensive coach, which makes it seem like Steve Wilkes or Patricia. The Lions' job is still available. So and Gruden slid into the, John, to the Raiders. John Gruden, 10 years. And won. now the question is, did they interview minority candidates? I thought, I'm thought i almost positive I saw, I don't well, know. The owner says yes, he interviewed too. 
Well, yeah, I had um, I previously mentioned on here that they were looking at, um, you know, in-house candidates. Uh, one was I think the tight ends co- coach. I forget his name, but he would be he would fit the Rooney Rule. But I mean, it's obvious that you know at the same time, as important as something like the Rooney Rule is, which gives um, e- you know equality to, you know, um, coaches of uh, minority. I mean, look at Mike Tomlin. I mean, the fact that he got hired, it was supposed to be Russ Grimm's job before Tomlin came in because he yeah. was he was just going to be a Rooney Rule candidate, and he came in, yeah. and apparently he blew them away. Look, he's a Super Bowl-winning coach. Yeah. Can't deny that. Yeah. So, you know, it can happen, but, I mean, you know, John Gruden was totally— I guess the question is, where's the oversight? How do we know they're, they're abiding by the rules? Uh, I, unless you have— I mean, these are the rules that they made. Yeah. Uh, I, it almost seems like you have to have an NFL official there, maybe not in the meeting, but you have to be like, um, he, you know, mm-hmm. this is the itinerary. You so want I to guess show. it says we're making progress, but we're not there yet. And the same thing goes with college. They know who they want, and they put out the so feelers. The question is, who can they get? They use the back channels and say, hey, we really want this. If we interview him, is he likely to come? You know, send those through the, you know, you know, uh, play a game of telephone to try and contact them and right. okay yeah 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 i will i will okay well this is the one we want you know we still have to do these interviews but we want you so well, i think some of the biggest news is that none of the philadelphia coaches want to move on jim schwartz i think that's great about the eagles because that tells me that they're they're beginning to you know build a dynasty and Jim Schwartz had, you know, he was a former coach with the Lions. He would, re- I'm sure, he would love to get a second chance as a head coaching position. Well, you had Pete Filippo. Yep. You know, you've got the quarterback coach, former Bills quarterback, uh, Frank. Re- yeah, right. R- yeah, R- there's R-E-S-E. a lot of so there's a lot of guys. So that tells me these guys want to stay and they want to watch this through fruition. Because there's some teams that are up and coming. I mean, we talked about the Titans and Mariota. Yeah. I mean, Mark Malarkey well, basically... Wentz and the, and the Eagles, you yeah. know, so, you know, the wheel's turning ever slowly. Right. Um, and I want to get to this story because, you know, I, we're a little bit behind on it, but that's totally fine. And if you listen to everybody, they've said this story is not new, but um, Seth Wickersham's article on ESPN about the um, triumvirate of Belichick and Brady and Kraft crumbling before our eyes. Um, specifically... Wishful thinking. Well, for me, especially, I mean, this was... I read that thing at least five times over with just big smiles on my face. And it all, according to the report, it's all around how Alex Guerrero, who... Um, Sports Illustrated, actually, after the Super Bowl win, kind of had this long article about, you know, what turned Brady into this, you know, um, like specimen of good health. And it's all apparently um, uh, Alex Guerrero, who's got he's his... He's got his own witch doctor. Uh, he's got, um, what is he? He's trained in, I think, um, you know, traditional ancient Chinese medicine. He went to this not, He went to this medical school that, I mean, it sounds like he came out of the back of a magazine. Is this new age stuff? Apparently. But, you know, I mean, he's also got... You know, according to some how, some how sources, does he fit into the picture. He's you know he basically told Brady like I can basically I can help you live forever and play forever. I oh, mean, uh, but apparently you know it, at first it sounds snake like, oil. Well, apparently Father Time is undefeated. Yes, yes, but when you've got yeah. but when you've got think about it if you're a, a player who you are still ticked off that Drew Henson. Uh, beat you out for the starting quarterback job at Michigan, that you were taken in the sixth out of seven rounds in the NFL draft. You can never get over this. When you're crying on interviews about how mad you... I mean, look, we saw it with Jordan. He And how about when you're crushing your cell phone and throwing it in the lake? Exactly. What about that? Exactly. So when you're somebody who's got a giant, and I mean a giant chip on your shoulder, and you've done nothing but win, win at the highest level, um, be considered the greatest of all time, and I'll put that in quotes. Winning so much, you're getting tired of winning. Well, I'm. I are you? Aren't you tired? Do you want to see them again? Do you want to see them <laughs> again on February fourth? Yeah. Thank you. 
And everybody else does. Guaranteed. That's going to be the lowest rated Super Bowl if they go. I'm going to put that right out there. The lowest rated Super Bowl if they go again. I don't care who, if the Vikings are in. N- people are not going to want to watch them again unless we know that they're going to lose. Well, Vikings Patriots? No. Uh, all right, be, all right. Maybe it's a Okay, that's a little bit too much. But the they've point They lost four Super Bowls. But the point is is that we don't want to see them again. So here you are, a player who's got this giant chip on your shoulder. You've done nothing but win. Yeah. And you're just like, how? I'm, you know what? I'm going to keep on doing it. You know, you just get this sense of invincibility. He's had one injury. One injury. I know, but believe me, it can all come crashing down in that world one day. Nothing's forever. No, I agree nothing's forever. But here comes Alex Guerrero and saying, why don't you, so, you know, eat a lot of vegetables. Only drink water. You know, get a lot of sleep. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. does that. Hey, I feel amazing. Let's open up my TB12. You know, he's writing a book. He's doing, you know. His... Okay, so the point being what? That then Alex Guerrero became like the fifth Beatle. He became okay. So he's a guru of some sort. Okay, right. to the and point. What? To the point. Then where... Why is this a story? Because we nobody. Because people outside of New England do not like the Patriots. Mm. No, who, who, aside from you know journalists whose job is to talk about how great it is and put it in the perspective and context of time well people are trendy and the cowboy fans liked it cuz they won they had a they had a run i mean it happened with the packers it happens with the uh, 49ers it happened with the patriots the steelers i mean this is not news no, no they're going to have their cold following yeah people that win a lot yeah people like to be attached to it the yankees have been doing that for 100 years right but to the point where, according to uh, this article, that Alex Guerrero and Tom Brady's you know, wellness center became um, a, a point of contention with Belichick, who he, he wants everything done his way and nothing gets under his nose. And so when players start going to the TB12 method and uh, eschewing you know, the team physicians, that's a problem. And then when you're, t- when you're telling Tom Brady, the golden boy, you know, hey, you can't do this anymore— your guy is out of here for somebody who's already got a chip. So what do you mean he's at, you know? So even though they didn't have a face-to-face confrontation, when you see things about the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, which how that, I mean, we're we're still talking about that. The fact that they gave up the future. Now, of course, I will say the possibility of paying $18 million for a backup is, you know, really questionable, especially when Belichick, you know, you're going to play for, what I pay you if you want to come and win. Well, listen, he knows how to prune a tree. Right. So he's got a lot of people that still had, you know, paste in the tube and sent them, you know, packing. Yeah. So, you know, and, and until this guy gets beat, you know, on a regular basis, his way or the highway, why not? It right. depends if you want to win. So now, if you, you know, depending on how you look at the article, because I will say, in all fairness, there and, uh, you know. It's a hater article. It is. And it's and also, that's why you love it. Of course it is. Of course, and I'm a, I'm an unabashed hater. But and to yeah, be fair, I wouldn't put much into it. No, I, and again, this is not a new story. This is yeah, not like this is <gasps> Patriots firing fury. Right, but again, this is not yeah. something that was unknown. It's not like where did this come? This way, yeah. people have been talking about this very quietly under the but radar it gets all season. Lapped up by the by the media, you know. It's a you know. And so let's keep the game on the field. Right, I'm not I, interested about who's drinking a shake or. You know, eating vegetables. That's not a story to me as a fan. No, I understand. But again, the hater aspect of it and also just, I mean... It's a trouble in paradise story. Right. But don't forget... Yeah, it's like winning's not enough. Well, no, of course not. And you have brought up the point. These games are not games anymore. They're entertainment. You have... Of course. The NFL is a soap opera and this is daytime sweeps. This is March sweeps. This is, yeah, hey. It's better than a soap because it's once a week. Soaps every day. Right. So the point is is that this is what you want. This is what people, they want you to talk about. So, And there is no, what I'm trying to say is that in the article there are no source, like direct quotes. Very right. few. It's just all so-and-so told me, so-and-so, you know, yeah. a source told me. So, your shadows journalism. It is interesting. You know, that's all. Right. And I, 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 and I know. Spending too much time on it. And I know that the Patriots will not be distracted by it. 
but I, I, I wouldn't no. be, no. It just will make more sense if Brady gets so upset that he starts throwing his helmet on the sideline. We'll know why. Not likely. We'll know why. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just talking about that article. Uh, let's move over to baseball real quick. And actually, moves happened. Can you believe it? Uh, Jay Bruce, formerly of the Mets, now back with the Mets, traded to the Indians. So the Mets got... Yeah, it's, not... it's, like a, it's like a U-Haul. You know, you rent it, bring it back. 31 years of age, uh, when, he, when he quite honestly looks like he's older than me, but he's younger than me, in fact. Uh, 31 years of age, but that's country living. Um, that's country 31. Yeah, he signs for three years, 39 million. Um, statistically equal to Carlos Santana, who signed with the Phillies for three years, 60 millions. But this is what, what I was talking about. I mean, the, the market for free agents have been stone cold to the point where I, I called it basically collusion. Just to get <laughs> just to get these salaries down. Yeah, I thought it was pricing back to reality. Well, I'm sure you know, and I have heard correct market correction is a big part of it too. And we've talked about the reasons why GMs sure. and teams are not interested in paying all this money for somebody. The trees don't grow to the sky. There's a limit to everything. Right, but now what I'm saying is now the question is: Is this now? Because now we're we're getting closer to February. And pitchers and catchers, you're going to be here in a lot more, 30 days, 20 days. It's coming close. So a lot of these players are going to want to know where they are, so they're going to start dropping their price. Um, right. That's where the Mets will pick up a couple of, you know, has-beens. But, you know, quite honestly, looking at the at the free agents out there, it seems like the Mets would actually be best trading because Starlin Castro has made it clear he does not want to stay with the Marlins rebuilding project. Poor Starlin Castro, I'll say this much. This was a guy who was traded just before the Cubs went to the World Series. He was traded uh, the year uh, at the winter of 2016, or winter of 2015, after they lost the NLCS to the Mets. So the year before the Cubs went to the World Series, he gets traded to the Yankees. The Yankees are about, pretty much everybody agrees, is about to go to the World Series this year in 2018, and he's shipped off to the Marlins. I mean, poor Starlin Castro can't get a break. He gets moved around from bad team before they get good, bad team before they get good, and just... He, d- well, he plays for himself, doesn't he? Well, I don't, but I don't blame him going like, I'm in Miami, and you're telling me you're not going to be ready for another five years, and I'm... You still want to get rid of me because I'm making too much. I think he's making like $6 million and they're like, whoa, that's too much. Mm. So he wants well, to – so the yeah. Mets might actually do best. But there's no loyalty. Is there? It's a business. No, of course not, unless you're G. I mean, I mean, who, who's giving a home hometown discount? Nobody. Nobody, but if you're Jeter, you want to help out your old team. Um it looks like it. Uh, speaking of the Yankees, they were actively trying to get Garrett Cole, who's been like the de facto ace for the Pirates for the last couple of seasons. Tall guy, big right-hander, throws hard. And apparently the, that deal fell apart with between the Pirates and the Yankees. And now the Astros are swooping in and are getting very, very close <clears throat> to get Garrett Cole from the Pirates, which would add to their pretty good rotation. I mean, the defending champs just getting better in the starting rotation. That's big news. Well, I hope there's some competition. Well, look, how do you, how do you defeat good hitting? <clears throat> good pitching. Yeah, true. So now they're going to try to do that. So it'll be interesting to see. And actually, the Yankees um, put out a 48-hour deal for you, Darvish. Um, 48 hours to uh, accept a decline of a $160 million mm-hmm. contract to you, Darvish. He um, apparently uh, declined uh, for reasons. I think he was. I. I, I just. It, it was. I. From what I understand, he didn't really like. It was just like here's the number and nothing else about the contract. Like just saying, yeah. like here's 160 uh, spread out over a thousand years. <laughs> no, so he decided against that. Um, and moving over to basketball, uh, we, got, we have to talk about the balls. To now, uh, you know, Leangelo and Lamelo were out in Lithuania and uh, not doing much. But now, Lavar Ball has spoken up against uh, the powerful Lakers and Luke Walton, saying that Coach Luke Walton um, has lost control lost of his the team. team. Yeah. Again, what? What? You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's just at some point you got to be deaf into this. 
You can't give this guy a forum like that. And Lon- but also Lonzo's been so quiet about it. like he hasn't he hasn't said anything vehemently for or against. He's just been kind of go. I mean, look, he's a quiet guy. I have a feeling those those. Listen, he, of course he's quiet. The father does all the talking. Yes, yes. So and you know I I I think that's obvious. He's a shameless self promoter. I mean I I wouldn't I don't want to give this guy any airtime at all. No, I know, but but now you're getting into the dynamics of an NBA team, one that's a classic franchise and struggling. Well, we're and, not getting into it. We, 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 we have no knowledge of what's going on there, and, and, I, and I don't think his take is accurate. No, I, I agree. I agree. His take is absolutely yeah, not so accurate. So why do we listen to him? Because now we're talking, because th- this would be the same reason I, I brought up the Brady article, not just because I hate the guy and I hate the team and I hate the, those people up there, but because it's 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 news. Um, and when you get into, I mean, you know, look, I, I'd love to talk about the wildcard games, but we can only go so far with it. There's not much happening in baseball. And, you know, sorry, I'm not much of a golfer or a tennis person, so we're not going over there. So at least it's so a tidbit. We're sweeping the clippings off the uh, the floor. Right. We're getting to, you know, do we want to talk about how Carmelo Anthony is, is really screwing up the dynamic in Oklahoma City? You know, I, no, I well, mean. We could talk about the Celtics. They're doing pretty good. Yeah, they're doing pretty good. But, I mean, the but the point is, is that, like, we're in we're January in the NBA. Like, are you, are you that psyched about it? No. No, it's all about the playoffs. When half the league gets in the playoffs, you know, what what is like Bucks yeah, you know, Bucks Trailblazers on, you know, February eighth really you know, what does that really do? So that's all. Right, right. I get it. Um, so in any case. Uh yeah. It's so, all about the NFL right now. Oh, it absolutely is. It so is. And that's and that's the truth. They are king, no matter what we want to say about it. Um, I will want to bring up really quickly um, a daily fantasy lineup. So I'm in a free daily fantasy. No, no cost to me, but you know the potential for winning is is interesting. So here are my. Uh, it was a hundred dollar limit uh, going in. You know, I again I paid nothing. But here's my lineup for um, the divisional round. I've got Brady at the quarterback because okay. I'm I'm just going to play that until it's. I'm going to hope. Hope and pray that things go wrong. I got Jay Ajayi, Deion Lewis at running back, uh, Muhammad Sanu and Chris Hogan at wide receiver, and Matavius Bryant. I got Gronk, Kyle Rudolph at the flex, and the Falcons defense. Wow. Cost, yeah. you know, that was all for cost efficiency because I, I spent my load on Brady and, and Gronk because yeah. I'm just hoping. I like your chances. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. So that's mine. All right, Dad. Well, thanks very much for joining me on this episode. No, it's always fun. I know it was about an hour long, but you know what? The the wild card game. This is the NFL playoffs. This is what. Next what time we talk, about. it'll be championship game. Championship game, and we'll see who the final four are. So. Fantastic. All right, Dad. Stay warm. It's starting to warm up here in the East Coast. So continue on that path. Thanks again. All right. See you later, Andrew. Take it away. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.